Hello and welcome to Plus One to Gaming. I'm Chris. And I'm Eric. Welcome to our ongoing character creation series. How to choose the right background for your character. Backgrounds are another part of character creation that can be quickly metagamed or elaborately customized to fit a character's story. It's your character's origin. And we want to talk about how to make it awesome for you, your party, and your DM. Let's get into it. That's not our theme song. Backgrounds reveal where your character came from, how your character became an adventurer, what, you, what is your character's place in the world. So when you're thinking about background, I like to think about what led your character up to this moment. You know, they've been doing this thing their whole life, and then there's mm-hmm. at some point that, that tipping point, right, where they choose, like, I'm not going to be doing this anymore. It's time to go off on an adventure. What was that? And I think that that's really interesting because that's something that I had been putting in my like character story background part that, you you know, that you like write the page or 10 pages, however much you you end up writing. Um, That's something that I always put in there and actually didn't realize that that is a key part of the background process. It, It really is. It's, it's fundamental to your character. I mean, really, when you think about it, it's, it's that character's story. At this point, there's a lot of opportunity to really lean into that and figure out and flesh mm-hmm. that out. What What is that background? And is it's another way for you to highlight how did your character acquire the skills that they have? You know, class plays part of it, mm-hmm. but so does background. Yeah. Are there different skills, habits, or other quirks that define who your character is that make up their, their history? That's another interesting part about backgrounds. To, to be kind of upfront and honest backgrounds were a part of character creation that until very recently I had pretty much written off Um, but getting more into it and even like you said wondering how did my character get their equipment that was never a question I thought to ask myself Um, so it's very interesting that the the player's handbook gives you basically a step-by-step guide to answer these questions how did your How did your character get to be level one, basically? What's neat about the player's handbook is it gives you some pre-generated options that you can use. Mm -hmm. You know, you can roll a D6 or whatever it is to to get a a fun starting point. Or you can use them as inspiration and just customize them to suit what vision you have for your character. Yeah, I, I know for myself, I have never chosen a background and rolled the die to figure out what flaw and what bond and what trait I have. Um, oftentimes, like you said, I will look, I'll look through them to maybe get an idea um, and, and a jumping point. Um, but I think it's really interesting if you are stuck and you just don't really know, or maybe you're not good at creating characters yet, try it. Try to just dry roll a character from a background that you think sounds interesting. And you might come up with, a character that you never would have created yourself and that you can then breathe life into just from this skeleton. Yeah. I think that's a really fun way to build the characters. Coming up with those personality traits, bonds, flaws, and ideals. I used to have a really hard time kind of thinking what, what, what flaw does my character have? That's not necessarily my go-to, you know? Mm -hmm. So having options for those, even if you're just draw dry rolling for them, 
really helps if you are stuck on that aspect of it that can be difficult. Yeah. It's really an effective way to to get there. Yeah, and I think it's it's tough for me to remember specifically like what what is a character trait? What is a bond? Like mm-hmm. flaws are kind of easy. Ideals are a little easy. Um bond specifically, I can never put into words what a bond is. So looking through the list really helps me get an idea um like a starting point. So backgrounds are interesting. They are more than just flavor. They do provide in-game mechanical advantages or Mm. storytelling uh, abilities or hooks. So let's talk about that a little bit. Before my evolution on backgrounds, when it was just something I had to have on my character, it was just a a box to tick for me. uh, I mostly looked for, all right, what, what skills do I want my character to have? What tools? And a lot of times tools to me were throwaway. I like if it weren't, if it wasn't thieves tools, I didn't care that much. Um, so I'd look for languages, which still kind of throw away. Um, I, but I would just try to, I used to metagame this almost only metagame it. Um, just look for nuts and bolts that would, that would help my character. Or round um, out some gaps maybe that you could yeah. get from your race or your class or. Exactly. Cause a lot of times your class, you can pick between, you know, a bunch of different skills. Um, so I would you know pick the ones I wanted, but I knew I needed, you know, deception or sleight of hand. So a lot of my characters were urchins for no reason, <laughs> just because they come, the urchin background comes with deception and sleight of hand. Um, I just thought that those are really valuable. So I wanted them. Um, and even in my like written story about my character, they weren't an urchin, you know, it didn't, it actually wasn't their background. It, it took me a long time in my evolution of a player or as a player to, for that to click. Like this is your character's backstory. This is the story that I'm writing um, to give a background. This is it, you know, represented mechanically. Yeah. So aside from those other areas, the equipment that you can gain, languages that you can speak and other areas that you might be an expert in, Mm -hmm. your background also gives you some really cool features that you can call on to aid you in in your game that also gives Mm -hmm. flavor to to that background. So you said the street or the urchin before, right? Yeah. They have a really cool uh, mechanic called city streets where you can you know navigate the, the the streets and back alleys of the city a lot more quickly and the the we'll say interesting thing maybe sad thing for me as a player features were something that i would sleep on constantly i was only looking for proficiencies basically uh and skills when i was looking through backgrounds uh so these features really to me now are kind of the main meat of the backgrounds so like you said city streets um there's a ton that are just really really fun but these things like a lot of other things in dungeons and dragons if you don't pay attention and you don't use them you can easily forget and never use them once in a game but if you are if you make them part of your character you're going to use them all the time to great benefit and to great benefit to your character and benefit to the story yeah so there's there are Features that are more geared toward, I would say, or lean, have, a, have a stronger leaning toward role-playing. Mm-hmm. And there are some that have a stronger leaning toward utility. 
Yeah. And it, it really is, you know, what kind of character, what kind of story are you telling? If it's a survivalist, uh, you know, from the Outlands and they have the Wanderer feature, your party's not going to have to worry about navigating the wilderness and foraging for food and water. In some games, that could be an issue or a challenge that you would overcome. And then, you know, having having the ability to, to do that gives your party one less thing to worry about and therefore is beneficial and useful. Yeah. And again, that is something the, you know, the Outlander background with the Wanderer feature, that's something you can easily forget and never use. And if, if your game makes it to where you have to pay attention to eating and drinking and, and maps and stuff like that, that's going to be of so, so much use to, to your party. If it doesn't, if you're, if you're the type of DM and you're the type of players that, that don't really care about how often your players eat or, or if they get, if they're following a map, you can still use this to, to create scenes with your party and, and just kind of further bond with everybody. It doesn't necessarily always have to be a, in-game benefit it can be a role-playing benefit yeah and i think that's really important so there's another there's another feature called discovery which is a feature of the hermit background and it it's just a big story hook Mm -hmm. so the feature is you know you've you've made some kind of discovery whether it's an ancient site or you know a tome or relic but it's up to you to work with the DM to figure out what that is and how it's going to impact the game. But it's, it's, it's a giant story hook that can, you know, pull your character in or pull a party into an adventure. Mm-hmm. And this is interesting. Again, going back to me being a bad player and sleeping on the features, I have had characters who were the hermit background, and I'm not sure I even picked a thing for my discovery feature. And this is... Now, that's just such a missed opportunity for for storytelling. Like you were saying, it can be anything. And and, and you can go to, you talk with your DM about whether or not you kind of want to know and give, you know, tips like, hey, I want it to be something like this. Or if the DM just tells you, oh, you found this thing. Um, But it's interesting on how you, you figure that out because in the feature, you don't know exactly what this is. You know it's a relic. You know it's of some importance, but you don't know what. So it's going to take time to figure that out. So how would you manage this? How would you bring this into your into your game? If you were to one of going back and, ta- and taking this feature again, <laughs> if I, if I could get that, if I could do over and and remake that character, he was a a shadow monk. Uh, I think it's interesting to, you know, maybe his monastic tradition um, or maybe his um, maybe his monastery was destroyed and he has a talisman and he doesn't know what it is, but he knows, you know, it was in the great hall and it was of some importance, but it was the only thing he could save. The Working with the DM, you create maybe a side quest or a one shot for your character to go on a fact-finding mission and maybe discover exactly what this ancient relic is. And at the end of that one shot, you discover, you know, it's a a talisman of protection and you get a magic item basically at the end of this campaign. But it was an item you always had. You just didn't know its magical properties. And I I think that's interesting because it's, 
it's already going to have significance to you. And I think that is more valuable than just getting another random magic item that you're like, oh, cool. A, you know, a ring of protection. Great. If it, if your cherished relic turns into something that also then gives you in-game properties, in-game mechanical advantages, I think that's just extra cool. It's, it's so much more flavorful. It, it gets, mm-hmm. creates a richer experience. And it can be fun for the rest of the party, too. When yeah. you go from, you know, collection of awkward strangers to tight-knit group of adventurers, when one of your teammates is in need, you, you want to go help them. Yeah. And it creates the opportunity for, for all of the characters, really, to have these different hooks, which I think is important as a DM to be able mm-hmm. to, to be able to use those hooks to bring the, the characters together. You want to create yeah. opportunities for them to role play with each other and support each other. So from the DM's perspective, learning and understanding the characters' histories, their backgrounds, allows you to create stories that are going to be more meaningful to the, to the players in the party. One of the most interesting things about a story is there has to be conflict and there has to be growth and change in your character. If not, your characters can, you know, crawl through the dungeon can slay the dragon and if at the end they haven't changed to me it falls flat the story kind of falls flat so backgrounds are an easy way for you to have a character starting point and then in the arc of your character's life they are going to change they're going to have a lot of adversity thrown at them you want to look back when your character's level 10 at your background and see i'm a different character now and that that growth is just really important. I mean, even if you think 10 years, the person you were 10 years ago. Yeah. You, you are different. So in these games, you really, you should want your character to grow. And mm-hmm. that's why these flaws and these, you know, other aspects of your background are important to establish. Because once you know, you know, what their, once you know what their past is, you're able to help them see like, well, what would a, what would a, a desirable future for this character look like. Yeah. And then you have some sort of end goal to, to then begin working toward with that character. Exactly. So exactly. I, I, I think when we think about backgrounds for, for characters, uh, the, the Punisher just came to mind. You know, he was, he was in the army, so he's a soldier. Um, so he gets a lot of skills from that. But what changed him into, we'll call him an adventurer, but a hero, uh, was you know the murder of his family but through gang violence otherwise he would have been a content happy father and and husband mm-hmm. but something changed in his life he is now very different than he was before he's a he's a damaged person he's dark and brooding he's a you know he's an anti-hero but but we really don't want him to end there. That's not the end of his story, especially for our characters. That's the beginning of your story. So if you stay that same character from level one to level 10, I, th- I feel like you've got a little more to work on. Yeah. From a storytelling perspective, if you're reading, say, a novel, mm-hmm. if, if you're reading a character that's just doing the same things over and over again, and they're never learning from their mistakes... I, I'd be willing to bet you wouldn't finish that novel. Yeah, it has to be it's not some, a compelling character. 
Yes, you have to be some kind of growth. Now, they can continue to fail along the way. And those failures, if they are growing from them, turns into compelling narrative. But there has to be... There has to be a development in mind for the character, and the background is a great way to give you a compass to help navigate that. Even if you don't have the full character's arc fleshed out, mm-hmm. we don't always, that's not always something we do. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But they give you tools to navigate that. And the past doesn't have to be, the Punisher's a great example. Bruce Wayne is a great example when you can identify a very mm-hmm. singular moment where their entire paradigm shifted. Yeah. And set them on a different course. It can be incredibly significant like that. But it could also be something as like I lived a very cushy high life and by circumstance was thrust into poverty. And they have yeah. to navigate that. And they have this sense of entitlement that is a part of your character. That could be a very interesting character to play as when they're thrust into a world that refuses to hand anything to them. So what if you are a dark and brooding character? How, it, how, how are you going to navigate that? How are you going to bring that? You know, you've got this dark background. Mm-hmm. How do you play that in a way in the game that's not going to alienate you from the group or isolate you from the group? Yeah, we, we, and we've talked about this before. Uh, and I, I know we agree. It's not fun for me as a player to play with somebody else who's, who's the like, dark loner because it is a collaborative game. Uh, but that archetype, it's an easy archetype because we're very familiar with it. Um, we just talked about the Punisher. We just talked about Batman. Both of them very similar characters in that they're dark and brooding and loners. Uh, you can easily start your character there. You know, level one, that's who you are. You don't trust people because you've been burned before. But you have to you have to start letting your teammates in and and developing bonds with them and learning to trust again. Uh, and that can be an essential part of your character's growth is bonding with, with your teammates and going through harrowing experiences, maybe, you know, saving their life or them saving your life. And then you, you start to open up again and, and things like that. And, and you change and maybe, maybe your flaw was, you know, I don't open up to people easily and, you erase that off your character sheet. That's no longer my flaw. Now I, I open up to my friends easily and you pick a new flaw or whatever it is. I Especially for that specific archetype of the dark and brooding, if you are going to play it, you have to know that you're playing it and and, and play it well because it, it can easily be a turnoff for the, the other people at the table. Yeah, and in these in-game experiences, these role-playing experiences, if a character engages you if you are this you know sort of loner mm-hmm. or dark and brooding type character and you shut them down and they after you know these attempts they're not gonna they're not gonna try anymore yeah so you have to you have to really play that balance where you know if you have walls up mm-hmm. okay that's fine but if i have to solve an elaborate series of puzzles in order to you know get the inner workings of your character's mind i'm not gonna do it Bonding with your character to me is not the point of this game. You know, we're trying to kill a vampire lord or what, you know, whatever it is. But if it happens kind of naturally, it's just that's the magic of of this game. That's what make this that's what makes this game different from just playing video games. Yeah. Well, I, I my personal style is I do enjoy exploring the other characters backgrounds and histories. Mm-hmm. I I, wanna, I know how much time we all put into our characters 
Yeah. And just for me, I want to, like, hey, I acknowledge that. I want to see what you've created because it's really awesome. I want to, yeah. like, I just want to enjoy that with together. So I do like to, when it's appropriate in game, to kind of role play that. And, mm-hmm. and you know, just as like, hey, you're a new person that I met in my life. That's cool. I want to know a little bit more about you. <laughs> yeah. What uh, are you about? And th- and that's resulted in some really fun experiences that I, that I'm grateful for. Yeah. So I think that you have to allow the that character to open up, and when you do, it's going to feel like a victory both for your character and and for the party. And we're, when we're talking about party dynamics, the other cool thing about backgrounds is it can help you establish or carve out sub roles if that's important for your games, or it's something that you want to explore in your games. It can be a lot of fun. This is, I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot, but this is another thing that I never used to care about that now is so much more fun when you just put a little bit of effort into it. Having somebody be the group's cartographer or the group's navigator. If if you're, there are some roles that are relatively obvious. You know, again, if you're the bard or the paladin, you're more than likely going to be the face of the group. It, it takes a lot of times a strong role player and somebody who's very comfortable chatting up the the dm uh to to be that role if you're not that kind of player but you still want to have a a job basically cartographer is really fun you know drawing the the dungeon as you go through if your dm does not give you a map you know of the dungeon it's, it's it's really fun. We did this with the Tomb of Annihilation. Uh, and actually, Chris, you were our cartographer. Uh, we were just told, you know, 10 feet forward, you come to a, a left turn and you had to draw that. So if we wanted to go back to a room, we had to look at your map. That was a lot of fun because afterwards I was able to go back and compare the map that we had drawn with mm-hmm. the actual Tomb of Horrors layout. And we did a really good job in terms of creating that map. And then that's also, that's a little artifact that you, that you have mm-hmm. from your game, which is, which is really cool. So yeah, you can keep that with the character sheet and your notes and look back, you know, in your stack of old characters and, and see something that's, that's not usual. Yeah. And there's other rules too. It, you know, you collect a lot of treasure and items and mm-hmm. I know for a lot of our games, we never really care that much about that stuff. Like, okay, yeah. cool, we got an extra 10 GP. I never really. Yeah. But that, again, different different tables have different priorities mm-hmm. and, and different ways that they handle the game. So having a treasurer who that's the person's job to write down everything that the group's collected, uh, mm-hmm. has the, you know, the sort of group treasury fund, whatever that is. Yeah. They, they keep track of all of that. So what do you think would be a good background for somebody who wants to be the group treasurer? Yeah, there's uh, one of the options that comes out to mind is the guild merchant. And there's some variants in there too, but it allows mm-hmm. you to just navigate and interact with different shopkeepers and help generate income, which is nice. Um, but it also, it gives more flavor to the role. It doesn't have to, yeah. doesn't necessarily have to correlate you know, to, the, to the job. But mm-hmm. if you do want to develop some sub roles, one way to do that. And actually, I guess the, the big thing is if you want to actually use some of those things. Yeah. That might be a way to do it. Yeah. 
and and it doesn't necessarily you know like i said your your paladin and your bard are your natural face of the of the party a lot of these other ones it, it doesn't necessarily have to correlate with your class you know the the fighter could be the cartographer your warlock could be the guild merchant that becomes the treasurer it, it, they don't necessarily have to go hand in hand yeah it's just a fun way to add another layer of role playing or you know mm-hmm. party building to to the mix and then you know it it, it also contributes so much to the role playing as a whole it, it is your character's yeah. origin it's going to affect like their their experiences the things that they've gone through are going to shape how they view the world from now on and that's going to shine through through your character so when you think about that you have to think about okay well you know how are these how are these experiences manifested in this character's actions today so chris how would you go about choosing a background the first option is of course the player's handbook and mm-hmm. all of the other books that have come since then yes there are so many there are a ton so you can look through those and there's there's going to be an option that more mm-hmm. more likely than not is going to just fit your character yeah but if not you can choose your own adventure. And this allows you to basically pick any feature from the list of backgrounds. You can pick two skills, two proficiencies, or languages, and an equipment package from the backgrounds that are available, mm-hmm. and basically create your own background, which is which is really cool. If there's just nothing that you know, fits your character's story or you really yeah. just got to freak out every last bit of optimization from your character. Yeah. Like, that's the way to do it. Yeah. And this is a, a feature that I, I really enjoy because again, I do, I enjoy kind of the metagaming part of character creation uh, because I, I feel oftentimes my, my character's personality is very solid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do want to get the best out of all of these other things. Uh, and being able to to kind of mix and match all of these different aspects of a background is is really cool. Uh, but there are other times that I had a character who was a pirate. So the background is very easy on what he's going to be. I didn't mix and match with that. He's a pirate. So his background is pirate. Just so happened that that background was perfect for this character. And the feature was really fun. So sometimes it it does just fit. Yeah, and other times it fits, but just one thing might be off. Yeah, and, and you can adjust it. Maybe it's just one mm-hmm. skill or one, you know, tool. He want you want him to be a an herbalist and not yeah, you know, a, a cartographer. That, that that's yeah. fine. This is a this is a really neat level of customization. And now with Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, it applies that customization to a lot more areas of the character creation process. Mm-hmm. So you can you can build and customize your classes, racial variants and features. There's just so much you know, you can whatever character you can imagine if it's not already made, you can you can make it. Yeah. It it is a really it's it's game changing. You know, we've been kind of doing this homebrew for a long time, but now there are rules as written in the in the core books or in the books for a guide for this. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's optional. So don't worry if you can't find the exact answer. Mm-hmm. You can you can make it if you can dream yeah. it. You can do it. So Eric, when you're creating a character, how do you how do you pick your background? This is a an area of 
the game that I have evolved on. And I, we've talked about it through this entire conversation. I, I used to just look for, you know, the, the traits I wanted, the skills I wanted, and, and, and metagame it and be done. Uh, I have had characters I've built that it's obvious. Yeah, I usually have my personality first, the, the character I want to play first. Then I pick the class, then I pick the race, then I pick the background. I do things a little bit out of order. Um, but I am shifting more toward having my character, then the background and building from there instead of class and race before. So I will I will have my personality first, then the background, because that gives me just such a, a good jumping off point. And it answers to me the question that I think is the most important for you know creating a level one character. Why are you an adventurer? So having that answered, this is what I used to do. And this is why I want to be an adventurer. Because if you're level one, you're not, you haven't been an adventurer yet. You are now becoming an adventurer. This is day one of your new job. Why? So having that question answered, I, I think just makes so much other stuff fall into place. So I think background is so much more important now than I used to think it was. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great to build the personality first. I've just gone through and looked at backgrounds and find one that fits the mood of the character that I you know, nebulously have in my head and then try and mm -hmm. build off of that. Okay, well, this is the person. Figure out that personality, their, their origin, their history. Now what makes sense mm -hmm. for that character in terms of their class or even their race at that point? Yeah. And there's an there's an interesting path to building a character that I haven't done yet, but I am really kind of itching to do. Yeah. Which is pick a background first before I have a, a personality in my head, before I have a class or a race in my head. Kind of just look through and see what's interesting. See a smuggler, smuggler's cool. And then roll actually roll out this character. Mm -hmm. There there are personality traits, ideals, bonds, flaws in every background. And they give you, you know, a D6, a D8 uh, that you have to roll. And then you can come up with, or you can see what your bond or flaw or ideal is. So let's say I, I just clicked on smuggler. Um, if I roll a D8 on a personality trait uh, and I get a three, I never stop smiling. That's already kind of interesting. I don't know why yet. I, I'm making this character as I go. So ideals, I roll a d6, I get a five. People, for all my many lies, I place high value on friendship. Okay, this character's starting to get a little more flesh on them. And, and you kind of just do that from the ground up. That, that's an interesting way to build a character if you don't have any you know, in your reserve that you want to play, if you're not good at kind of making this stuff up. And then you you get to kind of answer these things later on. Why does he never stop smiling? You know, why is this a smuggler who's who's has high value on friendship? What has happened to him in the past that has bonded him with friends? And you can really make a, a fully fleshed character just by randomly rolling the personality traits on on the background. Yeah, and this is especially useful if you just sometimes I, I personally feel like I have trouble coming up with really compelling or, or deeper characters. So mm -hmm. this this method that you're describing, I think, could help with that. In terms of, you know, finding somebody and not taking my own perceptions and perspectives mm -hmm. and biases out, if I'm just forced with these choices, 
what then can I come up with? I, I personally yeah. believe that you know, with limitation breeds creativity. So limiting yourself to some of those choices, even if they're at random, then mm-hmm. forces you to think of scenarios of what did happen with this character. Like that, yeah. that never stop smiling can have so many different impl- implications. Yeah, it seems like it could be nefarious. But then the second thing I rolled was about friendship. So now maybe, you know, he's a smuggler with a heart of gold. Like it, it, it can pull you in so many different ways that you probably wouldn't have created this character, you know, just from the get go. Yeah, uh, there, there are so many different combinations, so many different backgrounds. You're, you're really never going to play the same character twice if, if this is your only method of creating characters. So that's how we use backgrounds in our games, but we're curious to know what you do. Let us know in the comment section below. That's it today for our episode on backgrounds. Please don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Click that notification bell. It updates you on new episodes and goes a long way in supporting the show. Thanks for watching. And we'll catch you next time.